5: This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre.
6: What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire fire for Wednesday, July 27th. The slow Tuesday it was in the sports world. But fear not, my friends. We have a great interview. And if you like gambling on sports, especially obviously the NFL, we've got the president and co-founder of DraftKings, Matt Kalish, on the podcast today. Good interview. He is a Boston guy, unfortunately. You guys know I don't like any Boston teams, but uh, I think you'll like what Mr. Kalish has to say. Uh, He's been with DraftKings from the beginning, you know, 10 years now. Uh, And listen, DraftKings is battling, slugging it out with FanDuel and the rest of the BetMGM, I'm sure FoxBet, Caesars, all those guys are battling over to be top dog. And, uh, you know, Matt talks a little bit about the industry and all that fun stuff. I think you'll like it. Um... In sports news, and there's not much out there, guys. It is a slow final week in the month of July, as our dog Buddy just noted to you guys. And I know you could hear him bark because he's loud. He barks. Oh, by the way, for those who have uh, noticed, I have a got. We had a gold, got a golden retriever back in February. Buddy was somewhere in the neighborhood of like seventy to seventy-five pounds when we got him. He is eating us out of. Our house right now, um, he is up to 96 pounds. Yes, he's gained 20 pounds. I know what you're saying. Like, Jay, you're watching sports. You're not playing with your dog. No. We walk him. He gets like three or four walks a day. Uh, We have a, you know, we're out near down by the beach. This is how fat and lazy Buddy is getting. Yesterday, I go to take him out of the house. I'm like, all right, Buddy, let's go for a walk. And, you know, we'll we'll go down to the beach. It's only like, you know, seven or eight blocks. We walk out the front door. He goes... A little bit. And then he stops to like sniff grass. I'm like, okay, fine. I, I check my phone. I think I finished Wordle or whatever. And then Buddy just kind of looks at me and turns back and heads to the house. Like, I don't want to go for a walk. I, I, I'm good. It's, it's a little warm out. I'm like, what are you doing? So this is embarrassing. I got to admit this. I had to get the car load up buddy in the car and drive down to the beach. At which point we got out and walked around a lot. There's a lot of new scents down there, a lot of dogs, but he was just not having it. And guys, as a first time dog owner in my life, I'm loving it, but he cracked me up yesterday. This is, it's just like when you have kids and they're young and they don't want to do something and you have to get them to do it. It's so much the same. Buddy is awesome. We love him. Now on to sports news before we get to our guest, Matt Kalish. So, I saw that the 49ers made it official that this is Trey Lance's team, right? There was some other news out there. Julio Jones signed with Tampa Bay, like Julio's 33. I don't think he's totally washed, but he clearly has slowed down. He's not the same player he was. Uh, Listen, he'll be a good target. I don't think you're going to want to grab him in fantasy football. You know, Julio's going to be a solid. He'll make a couple nice third-down receptions early. They don't have Godwin early in the season. He's probably out for at least the first two months coming off the surgery. And I think Julio will be okay. I'm sure of the, like, let's say he plays six games. There probably will be one game where Julio has like seven for 89 yards and two touchdowns or whatever. Listen, it's Tom Brady. It might be against, well, Carolina secondary is not that bad, but the Falcons, actually the Falcons have a good secondary too. Um, He's going to have a game early where he's going to perform well. That's a given, okay? Julio Jones is going to do that. But I don't think this is like some game-changing move. Uh, you know how the uh, the Rams picked up Odell Beckham, and he he ended up being pretty good at times? Like I don't even know if Julio's going to be that productive, but he'll have his moments for sure. Other than Julio Jones, I thought the biggest news was Trey Lance officially getting the nod that this is his team in San Francisco. A guy who has dropped back a total of, uh, not, I'm sorry, not even dropped back, Trey Lance in his young career as a rookie, 179 offensive snaps. He has a mere seventy-one pass attempts. They're handing the team over to him. I still find this odd, but this is the best part. I'm doing my drill down now on teams, and I did the Niners on Tuesday. And again, I'm getting nerdy. You know, I take notes in my phone. I I'll take. I have like multiple windows open on my MacBook, and I've got you know each team. I'm getting stuff from the Football Outsiders, just everywhere, all over, and. I didn't know this, and I haven't heard anybody else say this about the Niners. I know Trey Lance is big, obviously. We get that. That's huge. Are you aware that the 49ers will have three new starters on the offensive line? Three! For a quarterback who has zero experience coming in from North Dakota State. Three new offensive linemen. So, Tomlinson, the guard, left for the Jets, right? Uh, I guess he, like Robert Salah, goes to the Jets. He's going to start instantly. They lost their center, Alex Mack. He retired. And then their other guard spot was uh, turnstile last year, so it's up in the air. And I went on Pro Football Focus, and I looked this up. The starting center, again, Trey Lance, his starting center, is a guy named Jake Brindell, undrafted 29-year-old. He took six snaps on the offensive line for the Niners last year. Six. Again, this is news you can use if you're into gambling, but just file this stuff away. The 49ers, three new offensive lineman starters, including your center. The tackles are very good. Trent Williams, obviously, a veteran superstar. We know Trent Williams is going to deliver. McGlinchey, the kid from Notre Dame, is very good. He didn't have a great year last year, but he's, he's good. The, other, the two guards, though, are massive question marks. One of them, Daniel Brusca, Brunskill, 28, undrafted, ranked 57th out of 82 guards by the Pro Football Focus uh, website. 57th. Now he played a lot, which is good news because the other guard spot is up for grabs. It's gonna be a camp battle, a huge camp battle between Colton McKivitz and Aaron Banks. You've neither you've never heard of either of them. McKivitz actually had 74 snaps last season, but 69 of them were in week 18. You know, final week of the season. 69 of his 74 snaps. The kid Banks has five snaps in his career. Folks. This is a rebuilt offensive line. Shanahan has his work cut out. Trey Lance, like, listen, I've said I'm not keen on Trey Lance this year and people are like, oh, you're being too harsh. Give the kid a chance. Like, I'm telling you, once you guys start drilling down on your previews and you see that they have three new offensive linemen starters, holy hell, Debo Samuel's unhappy. George Kittle better come to play. And you just wonder how ticked off these guys are going to be once the Jimmy G trade happens because he's going to get traded somewhere. Like, you're going to be ticked that the 49ers decided, hey, man, we got to the conference title game last year with Jimmy G, but, yeah, I don't know. I guess Trey Lance is better for our future. What about the now? What do Kittle and Debo and everybody think about the right now? That's a lot of pressure on Trey Lance. Bad offensive line. Defense will carry him. The front front seven is nasty, especially the front four. You know, they'll rotate him in. The defense will be elite once again. I just don't know if Lance is going to be able to do enough and – you know, let's see how Debo Samuel works out. He's in camp. We'll see uh, We'll see how those negotiations go. All right, without further ado, let's get to our guest, Matt Kalish, president and co-founder of
1: DraftKings. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge.
5: <sighs>
1: is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is.
4: You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports.
6: I know what sports fans
1: want. But for everything he doesn't,
4: he knows a guy who
1: does. Let's just say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. All right, let's welcome
6: into Straight Fire a special gambling guest you guys know during the NFL season. In college football, we do a ton of gambling. We did it during the NBA playoffs as well. But uh, a special occasion right now. Uh, Matt Kalish of DraftKings has been there for 10 years. He's the president. DraftKings, obviously, a massive gambling organization here in the United States. And he is making time out of his super busy schedule to join us. Matt, how are you, man? Doing well, Jason. How are you? I- I'm excellent. Uh, you know, As a Warriors fan slash Steph Curry fan, I'm a little better than you being a Boston guy. You were mentioning before we started recording that you have season tickets to the uh, Celtics. How, how how were the finals games?
5: It was pretty epic. I mean, <laughs> I have not only season tickets, but they're right between like the scorer table and the visitor bench. So like when the Warriors were in town for the finals and there was all the Draymond and all this business going on, you know, that I was at like the center of all of that, you know, commotion. It was pretty nice. Yeah, I like to say that I'm worth at least – I think I'm worth like a half point in the game at least. <laughs> you know, the old saying oh, no. is home field is like three points and I'm probably a half point in the, the rest of Yeah,
6: certainly. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I got to ask, you guys could not beat the Warriors and Steph Curry the, the GOAT, obviously. Um, would you trade for Durant now? Would you break up uh, the Tatum-Brown story? If you if you could get uh, – if you'd have to give up Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, would you Would you take on KD?
5: No, I'm not like real interested in that. I think first, like most people at least thought that the Celtics were fairly priced. If not, like that was the sharp side of the finals. You know, it was almost coin flip range, you know. Yeah. But I thought that they advanced through, made the finals, really competitive with the team they had. And then, you know, off season couple little moves here, like Brogdon coming in, um, Gallinari. Like, I think that chores up some stuff. We didn't really give up, you know, any of the the core pieces. I think uh, Aaron Nesmith was like our biggest surrender. And then, you know, what do we need really? I think the team just needs to gel a little bit more. I really like everybody on the team. I think it's good culture.
6: That's a no to Kevin Durant. Not a lot of people want him, shockingly. Uh, all right, Matt, let's get to the sports gambling space. Um, you know what? We'll zoom out at the beginning, go with the macro overview. Where are we right now, July 2022, in the sports gambling space? I've been talking about the gambling gold rush in America probably, I don't know, five years now. Uh, you've obviously been at DraftKings for 10. But where do you think we are in terms of what? Like a, where it's 20-something states have legalized it. What what do you consider this? Maybe like the third inning? Um, Are we at halftime ramping up? California is not legal yet. Just, I guess, speak to it at large right now.
5: Yeah, so DraftKings is in 17 states with online sports betting. It's about like 36-ish percent of the population have access to digital sports betting on their phone. Uh, And then... You know, prospects of additional states coming online—you know—look favorable. There's been a steady rate of new states passing bills. Uh, recent ones that aren't live but are coming soon are like Kansas or uh, Ohio. So there's some that have passed bills and they're just gearing up to launch. And so, great momentum. And I think it's also just tremendously popular with um, you know residents of the U.S. voters like majority of people in basically every state believe that you should be able to bet on like a legal regulated sports book in the U S and in a lot of ways we're decades behind, even a lot of the European uh, kind of uh, 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 like EU is 40 years. uh, I mean, sorry, pardon. The UK market is like 40 years plus old Australia is a very old market. Yeah. So there's lots of kind of mature markets that have had operators for decades that have really been in there and, uh, U.S. is just now, I think, uh, kind of putting in place some of those uh, products, some of those rules uh, to protect consumers who are using them, you know, and uh, so still early, four years in really since we launched in New Jersey now. So it's the early days for sure.
6: Um, you know, I guess when there used to be this stigma about gambling, I remember the first time I went to Vegas in college, oh, really? you go to gamble, well, you gamble on sports or just blackjack, but what are you doing? And now it feels like that's mostly lifted. I do gambling shows with Fox Sports online, and, I mean, they do crazy numbers. But you, I don't know, Matt, you still tell, like, your family members, yeah, I do a gambling uh, streaming show three days a week, and they're like, really? Is there is there that big of a market? Do you think the stigma against gambling is pretty much gone or eroding? Or how, 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 do, you, how do you view that in 2022?
5: Yeah, I think it's definitely eroded. I mean, a lot of people draw a distinction between, like, if you're – offshore, illegal, black market sports book that's uh, seen as maybe like more bad and then regulated, legal, seen as good. Like if you're t- if I'm talking to my mom or something, right. probably would think it's weird if I'm like gambling, I'm an illegal offshore sports book, but not weird if I am just like, you know, playing at MGM or something in Vegas. So I think there's a little bit of st- stigma with, you know, the kind of, Unregulated offshore stuff, but in general, like more and more of the sports betting culture is permeated throughout all forms of media. Um, DraftKings is probably around like 50th biggest advertiser, and most of what we do is um, uh, uh like sports media integrations on sports broadcasts, mm-hmm. league team sponsorships, all of this sort of uh, uh like advertising, and it's more and more been. Uh, The desire, I think, of broadcasters to integrate sports betting into their programming, like they want to create coverage, they want like live odds displays when games are on. Um, One of our closest partners, UFC, actually has like a very persistent stream of data that they're always putting up on the pay-per-views, like if you've seen, you know, live odds round by round, different proposition bets, so they're viewing that as just like a deeper form of content that's like more interesting to a lot of people.
6: I was going to talk about uh, in-game wagering in the NFL later, but since you brought up the UFC, like, uh, I'm just curious, you know, when you look at in-game wagering, that was not huge, like, as recently as, like, four years ago, at least among my friends. And now it's like, oh, my gosh, the Chiefs are down 14 nothing. Tell me you're hammering the Chiefs. You know, it's just almost becoming normal. In-game wagering is a big deal. Uh, I don't know how much you want to talk about handle, but are you guys seeing a a significant rise in in, in in-game wagering, especially the NFL?
5: Yeah, I think it's the tech well two things. Like the the market in Vegas that was very retail sportsbook centric prior to you know 2018 or so. You know, it's a lot harder to do in-game betting and live betting over the counter than it is to do it on your phone where you have the constant updates to the numbers. And uh, also, just the tech was a bit behind in the US. Like, nobody was investing in great sports betting platforms that were US facing because it wasn't open in a lot of markets and it wasn't, you know, uh, something that they would get a lot of like benefit from if you invested. However, in Europe, where there was, you know, many countries were operating digital sports betting through phones, there was a lot of great platforms. And so uh, you know, when US opened up, there was a big process for the first few years of. Kind of like Americanizing the, the existing platforms from Europe. Um, a lot of them weren't necessarily offering a lot of live odds for U.S. sports like NFL and uh, Major League Baseball and stuff because they were tiny in Europe. So there's a process of just getting the trading, the modeling, the, the products really up to speed in the U.S., and that took a few years. But where we sit now, I think, is um, really, really spectacular. You know, DraftKings own our full stack of technology we have our trading in house. All of our sports betting platform we own, and you know the models that we use to trade things like NFL, um, NBA, et cetera, We just own completely. And it's, you know, you're never going to be perfect, but I think it's uh, it's something that we're really trying to invest a lot in because we want to be able to offer a lot of depth, a lot of different variety of like propositions, and the better modeling you have, then that helps you kind of create odds for a bigger spectrum of things, you know, micro bets and lots of different in-game events.
6: Certainly. Um, Speaking of, you know, most popular to gamble on, obviously NFL's king, but I don't know, Matt, some of these, you know, I go on these shows at FS1 and it's like, all we talk is NFL and NBA and some college football. But, when you talk to gamblers, they're like, Hey, Jade, uh, you know, do you have anything on, on the pirates, uh, Padres game? And I'm like, you know, I don't really mess with baseball betting. I'm curious from DraftKings, you know, do you guys, obviously NFL is number one, but what rounds out like your top five for most bet on sports in America? And then where do you see the world cup coming up this November, December kind of wedging into that discussion?
5: Yeah, that'll be an interesting one. And I think, So you got the two right off the bat, NFL and NBA are massive. And then in sports betting in particular, and this is different than in fantasy, you know, our first 10 years, seven of them were six or seven were fantasy only. And then we added sports, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, college sports aren't real big in fantasy, but in sports book, Mm -hmm. it's two of the top five are college basketball, college football. And then um, one that always stands out to, I think a lot of people is tennis. (laughs) <laughs> like, OMG, why is tennis so big? And I think it's really combination of there's a lot of events, you know, every day pretty much you can open up the app and there's like tennis events globally, but it's also that uh, uh, like point by point, game by game betting. And so lots of people who are watching the game as a companion like to predict like the flow of the game. So they'll bet every point. And so that's one where you just see a lot of uh, like frequent smaller bets. Yeah.
6: So tennis over MLB and NHL, huh?
5: Yeah. Yeah. MLB has a, it's interesting where they have this little like chunk of time, which is going on right now where it's almost the only show in town, (laughs) Uh, not literally, but it's close to that. And so MLB is really popular right now. And then, you know, when there's kind of NBA season or or football in season, then it gets a little bit more split up.
6: Is your guess that, the world cup will, will rival? Cause this is really the first world. I mean, the U S is obviously in this world cup, but do you think this will produce NFL college football type numbers in America or even bigger uh, this winter?
5: That I don't know, but I think it'll be, um, everybody becomes a soccer fan, you know? Oh yeah. 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 You just go to the bar and people will just start talking to you. Like they've been lifelong fans of global, like soccer and they know everything and then so it's like a few weeks there it's very very popular in culture and everybody's jumping in and then uh after that yeah it kind of dies off like epl and these sort of leagues are not necessarily giant giant u.s sports even though globally like very very big and world cup gives everybody an excuse to you know definitely support the home team i think team usa women traditionally has been like pride and joy of the country in a lot of ways, like one of the the sort of top performing teams on a global stage. So I know everybody gets behind like the women's national team and then the men, like if hopefully, uh, you know, something happens there. So we'll see.
6: Yeah. I I'm out here in California uh, and everybody's talking about, you know, the potential legalization. I see all these dumb commercials, I am curious, and you know this is kind of a tough question, Matt. But you know, Vegas is slowly sliding down the table when people tweet out, you know, who has the the largest handle among states. Like Nevada is falling, and I'm just curious what you think California uh, gambling becoming legal out here will do to Vegas and, and Texas as well. Uh, what do you think that impact might be?
5: Well. It's hard to say. I know we put out a little bit of info in the past about like New Jersey, when New Jersey was the only show in town, there was always like a decent bit of people that would travel across the border and they'd want to play like a sports book. And it was a low double digit, like a a low teens type of number in terms of how much handle was coming from out of state. So we put that out there uh, with respect to Jersey. And I think California probably has a similar thing. You know, people can't bet in-state. So like the idea of going to Vegas, um, we're live in Oregon. I know that there's not like super, super high population up there, but, you know, we're live in Oregon and uh, Arizona is live. And so more states are kind of popping up all around and that's going to have an impact. So uh, by opening up in-state, you know, it really just makes things more convenient.
6: Yeah it's i had a college football guest on recently and he's he's in vegas and he said he would drive across the border to arizona just to place bets on an app because the lines in Vegas were not, you know, they were, uh, they, the limits were lower and you drive in Arizona and it's like, oh, wow, DraftKings has way better numbers than all these other shops. Uh, it, it's just a weird space we're heading into. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am curious also your take on this, you know, the whole idea of brick and mortar, everybody wants to bring up Blockbuster Video versus Netflix. Brick and mortar seemed dead, but for some reason in, in the gambling space, it seems to be doing okay. Um I am curious where you are on the whole brick and mortar gambling. Do you are, are you a big believer in that? Where does DraftKings stand on that?
5: Yeah, definitely. I think it's a different experience. People do both. Uh, another like New Jersey data point that I thought was really interesting was that the retail uh, like casino business grew when online entered yeah. the state, which I think says something about you know it's not maybe. Uh, the worst fear of casino owners like the idea that, you know, people will move from retail or or like physical locations to online only or something. That's not what really happens. So it's really just something that's more convenient just opens up the market. Um, A lot of people I don't think are necessarily comfortable going into like a physical location to do something like sports betting because it's intimidating if you don't know how to go to the ticket counter, make a bet, Um, all the, Sort of like code number and all the stuff. How to even ask for what you want? I know is often like stressful if you don't know what you're doing. And online, you can just kind of browse around, tons and tons of options, and uh, no uh, no judgment, no pressure. You know, the onboarding's usually pretty nice. So I think it's like a, a preference of a lot of people to do it that way, but not necessarily instead of and. You know, there's certainly no replacing the experience of going out, like having a night out on town, Yeah, going to restaurants, going out to shows, all mm-hmm. the stuff that come with going to the casino, I think is like a unique experience. So yeah. doubtful that that ever changes. I love going. I go to Vegas like multiple times a year. And uh, yeah, it's uh one of my favorite things to do is just to go out, like have a night out, yeah. you know, go to the wind, go to Aria, go like whatever. So I, I get it.
6: You guys recently uh, wading into the NFT space. I myself not involved, but I'm, I'm a minority owner of a soccer team, and we I know we've done some bonkers numbers uh, on NFTs. Uh, what's What's the end game there for DraftKings and NFTs? What, what What's the play? So we launched.
5: Uh, okay, so this was August last year. So it's been yep. almost a year now. We launched DraftKings Marketplace, which is like an NFT uh exchange where people can you know participate in drops auctions to build like digital collections uh trade with each other buy sell things from their collection and we built up this platform you know a variety of reasons but the biggest reason was our consumers were just having more and more attention and interest going towards not just nfts but like crypto sports cards um just these sort of alternate forms of maybe it's like a speculation thing or it's a like affinity for sports collectibles thing like people had their own reasons but there was a lot of attention you know starting to shift towards you know collectibles and nfts were sort of like the fastest growing segment in there and it's also perfect for DraftKings in the sense that like all of our business is really you know digital it's all online through our apps so the idea of you know, digital collectibles was much more appealing uh, to go after than something like trading cards, you know, physical cards. And so we started building that, learned a lot over the first maybe like six months about, you know, sports collectibles, about the platform. And where we landed was like the big, big opportunity for the company is to build games, like um, sort of IP-driven games in partnership with sports leagues and player associations. It's it's like in our bread and butter. We've had this fantasy business for 10 years. Millions of customers play it every year. It's been tremendously popular. And so we went out and did a deal starting with the NFL players to do like a fantasy NFT game. And the way it works is kind of like Madden Ultimate Team, but fantasy sports. You know, if you you possess the player's, uh, like, player card on the site, you can use it in your fantasy lineup. If you don't have it, then you can't. And so it's, like, sort of constrained based on your collection of cards. And every week we put up for no fee, um, you know, prizing. So each week of the NFL season in 2022, we'll be doing over a million in prizes. Uh, That will be given out to people that hold Rainmakers football cards, put in lineups with them and compete. And so it's a little bit different than our traditional, like the fantasy business, which is more like week to week fee based. Uh, People pay cash to enter and then at the end of the week, it's over. This is more like you own the card forever. You can constantly play it to compete for prizing.
6: Yeah, sounds fun, man. Uh, Matt, we can wrap up with this. You're, a, I believe, Boston College grad, I saw on your LinkedIn, right? Uh, you know, I wrote about uh, the NFL draft for 2023, and I put Phil Jerkovic in there as a first round pick, former Notre Dame kid. Uh, any thoughts on Phil uh, and Boston College this coming season?
5: You know what? I don't know. i um like when I went to Boston college, it was actually for my master's and it was while Matt Ryan was there. It was kind of wow. a bit ago. So we're talking yeah, yeah. 15, <laughs> know, maybe not 15 years, but it was probably like 12, 13 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I followed it very, very closely while I was there and the teams were pretty good and it was, yeah. they also had a couple of good college hoops years and stuff. And then, Things weren't always good. And, (laughs) you know, I'm busy at DraftKings following a million different sports. So I just really hung my head on the Celtics. Like, it's become truly the thing. um, I just realized I can't be number one fan of everything. And that's what I love and what I care the most about on a very personal level. So, like, I decided to kind of go all in on the Celtics. I've season tickets to that. And that gets all of my affinity, I guess you would say.
6: Interesting, because I had the same thing when people asked me, why don't you gamble on baseball? I'm like, guys, I- I'm doing football. I'm doing NBA. I have March Madness. I got a family. I got two kids. Like, I-, I can't be gambling on baseball in the middle of July trying to find an edge. It- it's tough. But, uh, Matt, hey, congrats on all your success at DraftKings, obviously co-founding the company, 10 years there. I mean, geez, man, you guys are crushing it and continued success.
5: Thanks a lot, Jason. Nice
0: talking. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue.